What is up, everyone? Welcome to number 30 of Yo! The Business and Fitness Podcast with me, Steve Krabs, and my main man, Luca Hosovar. Today's a little Q and A, and we're going to dive right in. Uh, we sent an email out to our list the other day. If you're not on that list, go to yogoyourgym.com, jump on it, because uh, Luke and I are sending out quality content all day, every day, twice on Sunday, and bringing a ton of value to that, as well as asking questions like this. Hey, you guys have questions for us on the podcast. And then we, uh, we answer your question. So it's pretty valuable. It's basically free coaching, right? So uh, the first question comes from Daniel, uh, Daniel Brown up in Albany, New York. And he had a question considering I'm from upstate New York myself. And he knows that Lucas started in Renton, which at the time wasn't exactly a booming metropolis either. So he said, uh, the question is, so the question is, how do you grow in an area where there are fewer people willing to pay for higher ticket price training or fewer people in general? I said there's pockets of people with higher income, but they're spread out and they may or may not be looking for a gym in the area that we're in. So I'm just going to jump in on this one really quick because, you know, Utica was ranked top 10 worst places to own a business in Forbes magazine in 2012, I believe it was. And I opened my gym in 2007, which was right before, you know, the economy kind of took a shit in 2008, 2009, and we made it work. And, you know, at our high point, we were doing 40 to 45 grand a month. Uh, an EFT, which was really big in that area, considering, you know, the average household income in the city of Utica was around 35,000 to 40,000 a year. Um, so it's a great question, Daniel. I'm just going to touch on it. And then I know Luca wanted to drop some principles about this as well. But you guys got to be careful with how you frame and believe what people are willing to pay for in your area, right? The first thing I, I really, I wish Daniel was on here live because Luke and I would probably ask the same thing, which is, hey, man, what have you been doing for marketing? Because at the end of the day, if you just have this belief that ah, nobody in my area is going to pay me high ticket and high ticket for everybody is different. But, you know, when Next Level was bumping full force, we were charging for semi-private $5.99 a month, which is, you know, it's pretty high ticket in an area where, you know, take home money for most people is not that high. And we, we asked for it and got it consistently. So for me, I think number one is you got to be really great at what you do. As a fit pro, gym owner, strength coach, whatever title you apply to yourself, business owner in general, right? You, you have to be incredible at what you do. And one thing I'll, and I'll give Luca a nod here is that, hey, this guy, no matter how, uh, you know, respected he is in the industry, he still studies more than anybody I know. And not just business. I'm talking training like crazy. The dude's like a walking encyclopedia of training. And that's why, you know, in my personal opinion, he's finally getting the respect that's well overdue for, for that side of his business and his know-how, his knowledge, wisdom, whatever you want to call it. It's incredible. So you have to be incredible at what you do first, Daniel. I'm not saying that you're not, but you have to take a look. If you're not drawing people into your facility, there's a couple things going on, right? Either people don't know you're there because you're not marketing or you're not getting consistent results and then giving yourself permission to show everyone the results that you get by what? Well, <laughs> creating marketing. Even back in the day at Next Level, when you walk in the door, what did you have? We had a little screen that played people's before and afters and showed results. We were running Facebook ads even back then. Different game back then. You could run an ad for what, Luke, like 500 bucks and make 18K on, a, on, a, on an ad that ran to a woof. Yeah. And yeah, it's insane, right? And that's just different now because what? It's more saturated, more people are marketing and all that. So the one piece I'm going to say, and then I'll pass it over on to Luca because I know he's got some insight on this, is simple. Regardless of where I lived, I believed in my heart that I could charge what I was worth. Now, did I just come right out of the gate and charge $5.99 a month for training? No, absolutely not. I believe when I started, it was something like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks a month, $2.99 a month for three times a week. If you break that down, it's not a ton of money. And at that point, I already be, already been training people for quite a long time. 
So it's the same way if we rewind back to when Luca and I talk about the pack fitness business and we launched our first consulting business for both of us, we charged 500 bucks a month back in the day for business consulting. Why? Because we had to prove that we could help people get the results that we had achieved in our own gyms. So I think the question is like, Hey, how do I do this? Well, number one, you got to be great at what you do. Number two, you got to build a business that's built to last. Number three, you got to make sure that you treat your people really well. And number four, like I mentioned, marketing is a big piece of this. If you're not promoting yourself organically and paid, then you're right. You're not going to bring in people that are willing to pay high ticket. Uh, Luke, what do you think about this? I, well, the thing is like back to the principles and, and, um, one of the things that I wanted to actually, it was in the question. I think it was the word reputation. And um, look, I don't care where you're at, right? Like, so if you took it, uh, what was the city mentioned in upstate New York? Albany? Albany. So they're not yeah, a pretty decent sized area, but maybe yeah, a little bit outside the city in a country area, but still a decent. But country. that's, you know, my, my, the reason I wanted to ask is because if I, you know, pulled up Albany, it's probably, I mean, I, li I lived upstate New York, so I got a decent idea, but Albany is probably about 100,000 people. You know, the, the city with its outskirts or whatnot, or maybe it's 80. But that's a lot, though. I mean, we've coached and, and still coach people right now that are in towns of like 7,000, 5,000, 10,000, um, way, way, way smaller, right? So, and, you know, have a thriving business. Because what you have to look at is, let's just, you know, take some arbitrary numbers. But like, if you have 100 members at 200 bucks a month, that's a quarter million a year business that if you, you know, run the model right, can like can be very, very profitable. Right. And that, like, think about that. And that's, like I said, that's the group training model, by the way. Right. If you're, if you're doing higher end, you know, if you're doing semi-private, I don't care if, where you are, you're charging, you know, in a high three, four, 500. So my point being is that out of 80,000 people, you just need to have a hundred that have a specific goal, like that are looking for a specific solution and then they're willing to invest in it and that make enough money. And here's the thing, like our, you know, if you broke down, I mean, look, this is kind of like me getting geeky and whatnot, but like I used to do this stuff a lot, you know, where I'd go in and look at people's incomes, like throughout different cities. Cause you can actually look everything up. Uh, if, if you want to bore yourself, like I like shit like this, but you know, and you'd go and look and see like, Oh wow. Like there's tens of thousands of people that make, you know, multiple six figures and up. Right. So then, then you're like, okay, well those are all essentially, would have no issue investing in you, right? So I, I want you to, f first of all, get that mentality, right? That there are plenty of people that can invest. And more than, actually, there's more that can fit into your gym, right? <laughs> there is. Now, of course, you said that word reputation. You have to have a reputation to be able to get people results and be the top person and serve, and then serve that specific clientele. And one of the things uh, me and Chrissy talked about in our, our, our podcast, it was really good. It was like two points, you know, two things of how, how do you and, and or your business stand out? You have to have two things. One is top of mind awareness. And, you know, top of mind awareness is like, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example for, your, for what it might look like for your business. Okay. So you're training somebody. Uh, they got great results. And they tell their coworker, their coworkers like, man, like you, man, you're looking great. Like, you're happier too. What, oh, wait, yeah, I'm training with, with this person and I've, did, I've done it for six months. Like they're really helpful. They're an amazing coach to help me with this, that, the other, right? They hear it there. Then all of a sudden they're on Facebook and they see a mobility flow from you, right? Like how to, how to make your shoulders looser, right? Or some shit like that, right? 
and they're watching that video and it's valuable video, boom, top of mind awareness. Then you're running an ad for a trial. They see that. And it still don't, they don't still, it still don't click on it, right? But they, but they see it. Then you do a live workshop, right? Then another friend tells, you see what I'm saying? Like top of mind awareness, like you're everywhere, okay? But for that, you have to do stuff, okay? And of course, things are valuable. Now, the second one is you have to make it easy for people to, uh, to see your expertise, right? You have to make it simple and easy for people to recognize your expertise. So what, what does that mean? Well, I mean, those are like some of our guys uh, right now in the Yoga Royal Gym Mastermind, you know, in this uh, COVID situation, they've all been getting on the news, right? Some of them actually over and over and over again, right? So they're in the newspapers, they're on the news, like being interviewed. So what does that, well, what's that doing? Well, that's simply showing their expertise. Like when I go into on a Seattle morning show, which is the biggest show in, in Seattle, and you know, they say, hey, this is Seattle's number one fitness expert. Like that's showing expertise. And so is demonstrating it through your coaching on video, right? Like if I get on video and I'm like, hey guys, like here's a mistake that a lot of people make when they're deadlifting. I'm gonna show you four ways to fix this, right? And then I, I run promos to that and it's a quality video and it does, it legitimately will help somebody if they're, they're like, these are all things that are building expertise. Now, you know, there's another thing, like when we run, run, run the Vigor Ground Fitness and Business Summit here in Seattle, people are like, wow, you guys run, right? Like the biggest summit and bring all the, all the speakers that are the best from, from across the world, all the number one fitness experts, that's expertise, right? If somebody that's doing that is leading in the industry or in the area of fitness. So you might go like, well, but I'm not going to do that. Well, you don't have to do that. But what you can do is you can gather four to five different experts in your field, a great physical therapist, you yourself, a great doctor, they're all on the same page. And you make a mini summit that's like really cheap or even better charge for it and then give it to charity to some kids charity, right? And you got four or five experts, you're speaking there and you're speaking with these other professionals that a lot of times people will unfortunately you know, if, oh, it's a doctor, you know, like they'll, they'll give them more clout maybe than coaches, which I don't necessarily think is always uh, the right thing. But uh, nonetheless, like I'm giving you stuff that you can position yourself with because now you're speaking with that. And you can, first of all, you're inviting people. People are there. You're giving back to the community and you can record the whole thing. And then that, those recordings, you can give them away for free or opt in to your list. But what you're doing is you're making it really easy and simple for people to see your expertise. Now, now your reputation is growing. Now, on top of what Krebsy said, which is, of course, you know, uh, the, the social proof. Social proof comes from, uh, you know, before and after pictures and success stories and case study videos, which I think are really powerful. But social proof also comes from, you know, like when you, when you come to the Vigor Ground Facebook page and a video has 1,000, 2,000 shares and hundreds of comments and 10,000 likes, that is actually social proof in the mind of the person watching it, by the way, right? It, it really is. And, and why I believe is, is very, very smart to create great content and then put money behind it. Because when a local gym pops up for somebody and has 50,000 views or some of our videos have hundreds of thousands of views and, you know, organically or, or, or sometimes, yes, we, we spend some money behind it. That's social proof because they're like, oh shit, like, everybody's watching this. Well, these guys must be great. This is the way that our brain perceives stuff. And so you got to understand that that's something that you can do. And then you can be that person in Albany where, like I said, where it attracts 
the best of the best of the best. Now, like, like, look, um, I'll give you, give you a quick example. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going off, but I promise you like each one of these will have a, a, a nugget. Each one of these will have practical things and principles that you can take from it. So um, I coached in, with, with Jay. I coached a guy, his name's Fran. Now he's in Silicon Valley. So you might be like, well, it's different. Yes, it is. But prom- I promise you there's points to take from here, right? Fran went f- from charging 50, 60 bucks a session, one-on-one, you know, a long time ago, like eight, 10 years ago to build thing up now where the only, the only training that you can do with Fran is, and uh, is a hundred thousand dollars a year. So one-on-one, the only package he has is a hundred grand per person per year. And he has a waiting list, right? He's training nine to 10 people a year, like a million bucks with nine to 10 clients. It's a lot of work. Don't get it twisted. It's a lot of work because each one has six slots, hour slots per week. And there's a bunch of other stuff that goes with it. But my point is, that he's attracting the elite and the elite here's here's what happens people come into the gym because he trains out of another gym private gym there and uh they come in and they go like oh who's that guy who's the most expensive you know th- these are ceos and people that run companies and they go like who's the best coach who, who charges the most and everybody points to fran because nobody's close to that and they're like oh i want to train with them oh we'll get on a waiting list which makes them want it even more right and so the premise of that is he kept packaging it up and obviously showing and delivering the value of it. And so he's attracting that same type of person, right? Cause CEOs, no CEOs. And uh, I mean, he used to train Mark Zuckerberg and fired him, which is really a pretty cool story. But um, the point of it being is that like, Hey, in Albany, guess what? I guarantee you there's thousands of, or, of people like that, or at least, Hey, at least, a, at least a thousand. What'd you say? Albany is the state capital, which means all of the, the, the gov- state government is, resides in Albany or around it. So there you go. So, you know what I mean? Like it's an opportunity, it's, man. It's, 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 and the thing is like, I just, I just shared with you that like 10 people bring in a million bucks. Now, you know, Fran is definitely to one end of the extreme there, but, but here's the thing though. Like if you were, you know, if you had, I don't know, 15 clients that you charge a thousand bucks a month, that's 180 grand a year, right? Like, um, did I do it? Yeah, actually I did the numbers, right? So the, the point of it being that like, there's many different opportunities, def- many different ways to do it. In each one of those scenarios, you have to have those two, though, top of mind awareness and make your ex- expertise be easily perceived. Um, you know, and that's created through things like content and speaking and understanding authority and positioning and how to create it. I mean, that's one of the things that we teach, you know, is, is doing that. And like I said, in times like this, where people just forgot about, you know, like we, we think social media is insanely powerful and we're, we're obviously fans of it and promote and, and teach people how to do it. Um, but also, you know, th- people completely forgot about press releases and, you know, press releases is what's been getting uh, actually one of our guys that's in Dubai, he's in Slovenia and Dubai goes back and forth, but he's in Dubai, you know, he's getting interviewed by CNN as the main expert on fitness in Dubai. Um, because he did the stuff that we, you know, to- told him to do. And at first was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll do it if you guys say so. And then bam, right? Because nobody else is doing it. You know so, what it is, Luke? It's like people get so intoxicated with the, the instant gratification of likes and feedback on social media that we've all forgotten the power of face-to-face relationship building, which is why I constantly talk about joining the chamber and doing press releases. Another guy in our mastermind, Pat, he's going to be on TV in Jacksonville the next four out of five days. What has he done? He literally just 
just did what we asked them to do. Press release everything that you do. If you don't know how to press release, go Google how to write a press release. It's really that simple. It's the same system, guys, that I used in the same little town that I was in to become the TV fitness guy and the, the guy that, that the news wrote for the newspaper. So I think that this is a solid breakdown of how to get going. And, and I just want to stress one more thing and then I'm going to move on to the next question because I think it's a, it's a really important one. But it's uh, the mindset switch that has to happen specifically with me growing up in upstate New York and knowing how people think there is you have to distance yourself from anyone that makes you doubt yourself in what you charge. Now, again, this is we're going to go ahead and guess that you're already really good at what you do and you've helped people get amazing results, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But you have to believe that you're worth that money. If not, you're going to struggle. Right. And that's just the truth. We, Luke and I could break this down for you all day long and give you like the, the best, you know, best, best advice in the world. But if you don't believe that you're worth charging more, man, you're just going to keep running into the same wall over and over and over again. I know it sounds cliche and a little woo woo, but at the end of the day, you're exactly who you believe yourself to be. And if you're in an area where people struggle with money a little bit and you let that get into your head, it will negatively affect your ability to make more money. Just like Lucas said, Fran, I mean, that's an insane amount of money to charge for training and he gets it. Now he's in, you know, Silicon Valley, which is a little different than Albany, New York, but you have a lot of politicians there. I know that for a fact. And if I can do it in Utica, you can do it there, man. So uh, next question, Luke, this one's uh, specifically for you from, um, don't have the name, but it's uh, intent to improve is the business name. So, um, he, they're in, from the UK, interested to know about the changes that you'll make at Vigor to encourage social distancing once lockdown is lifted, uh, even if for the short term, immediate future. So, you know, I know Seattle is probably a little bit further ahead and they're, they're, you guys are probably going to be allowed to at least do small groups soon, correct? Yeah, I, got, I mean, basically what, what I think most people should do, what, what I'm doing, what we're doing is preparing for like a couple of scenarios. Um, you know, there's a possibility that they'll do a percentage of um, capacity so what that means is like if you're if your capacity of your building is a certain amount some people are saying it'll be 20 percent of capacity which for us is actually good because we have a big gym and that would be uh about 30 people for us which is you know which is actually really good but we're also preparing for like 25 or less or 10 or less which i, I would certainly prepare for you know you kind of go with the worst case scenario and go like prepare for 10 or less people um, and you know, depending on the size of your gym, that might be a very easy thing. Like for us, 10 or less is very easy to do. Um, the problem becomes more in, we have a lot of classes throughout the day. How do we service everybody? Right. So, and, I'm, and I'll answer these questions. So like, as like the things that were, you know, brewing through my mind is of course you want to make sure that we may, we keep all our members and continue to get members. But, you know, I already told the team, there's going to be probably more work. Uh, because we're going to have to service the same amount of people, but not in the same amount of time, right? We're going to have to split stuff up. So what I would do is make a model for training less than 10 people. If you're a really small gym, maybe even less than six, and you know, also have one for less than 25. And then what you do is, you know, you look at the, because here's the thing, like you're not going to completely revamp your training and your models of, 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 of training models. Like that just makes no sense. But you just got to make sure that, you know, you're sticking within regulations, which for, for most of the things, you know, what we're going to do and what's also being recommended here is, 
you know, that people have their stations, right? Because if people start moving around a lot, uh, that becomes obviously challenging to keep the six feet, you know? Um, so it means like for us, we have a big turf, right? It's like, I think 1800 square feet. So if we're doing a class now and a class is 10 people, but then we can have another three groups of three semi-privates and we're under 20, um, you know, it's going to be like, okay, you're at this station and the coach is going to bring you stuff. And, you know, you're, or for instance, if it's group training, give you an example, right? Everybody has a kettlebell. Cool. And you got your body weight and maybe you got a band. All right. And you're doing all the stuff on the spot, right? Coach is walking around coaching. Everybody's got their six you know, feet of separation minimum. And we can do that stuff, right? So you're going to have to plan more, uh, which I think is great. Honestly, like I've been doing this my whole life. You know, the, the situations I was put in is that we'd have massive classes and really small spaces. And I had to program like how people are going to move. You know what I mean? Like we had a thousand square foot gym with 35 people doing class. True story. You can go back on YouTube and, and watch that shit. You know, I'd blow the whistle and like people would have to like Tetris move around the fucking gym to, you know, to get to their spot. It was kind of, that's kind of dope. Um, and so you're just going to have to do that now and like literally create like what, what I feel like everybody should be doing right now is create a schedule. Create a new schedule, right? Like you have a schedule right now. It's not going to look like that because if you got 20 people in class, those 20 people are going to have to split up into two classes of 10, most likely. Now, you know, we're, we're coming into the summer, which is good for all of us because imagine that this was happening leading into the winter right? Now, now you, nobody's outside, but you'll be able to do stuff outside. So one of the things we're almost for sure going to do is like, if we have a six o'clock team training, that was usually 20 people, we might do a, you know, six o'clock and you have an option of inside, outside and two different coaches doing it right now. You got to understand that some of your expenses will go up, you know, uh, for our semi-privates, this expenses won't go up because the coaches will probably have to spread them out, spread out the people um, throughout more hours. But on the side of team training, they will because, you know, now we might have to be paying two coaches. But listen, like that's what it's going to take, you know, because we want to still provide the best service possible. So now, you know, it's like, hey, we're, meet, we're meeting in Liberty Park or we're meeting at the stairs and it's a group of 10 or less, right? And boom, here's another one inside that's at this time. Uh, or, you know, instead of maybe have, having more classes than we did, we did before and adding another one. But like, this is what I want you to like, take a, you know, whiteboard napkin and start mapping it out just because when the time comes, you'll already be ready. And I'm not saying that like the plan will work to the T, but, but like I said, plans don't always work, but planning always does. And so plan for it. You know what I mean? Because you'll be ready and you might have to make some minor tweaks, but you'll be ready. And go through, like, what I do is, like, I'll, I'll stand in the middle of the gym a lot of nights after I'm shooting, you know, uh, my content and stuff like that. And I'm just walking through and I'm imagining how things look like, right? I'm already doing that right now. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, listen, if we're limited to this, how are we going to do it? Uh, are we going to have to have people signing up? Okay, cool. Do we go back to that because we went away from it, from, like, the Zen Planner stuff, right? So th do that right now. And reimagine it and like reimagine it for the members that you already have. So whatever amount of members you have, like reimagine how it would look like to service everybody in a week with limitations to how many people can come in. Right. And that's the drill. Come up with it. Like I said, because it, whatever I tell you, it's going to be different for my gym. That is for your gym. 
and for your model compared to our model, but the principle is going to be the same. So don't wait, just anticipate like a less than 10, uh, less than 20, 25. And if you have, like I said, if you have a smaller gym, you're probably going to be less than 10, 12 people anyways. Um, and, and just put it down and like have a team meeting and go like, Hey, listen, like guys, like this is, you know, this is what I've been thinking. If please give me any input, you know, like, let me, what do you guys think? Right. Bring them in. If you have a team so they can go and, and they might have some great ideas. Plus they'll feel involved and they'll feel appreciated that, like I said, that their opinion matters because it does by the way. Right. Cause they might have better ideas than you do. Um, and, Trust me, like some of my coaches sometimes have better ideas than I do. That's how it works, right? A, a group of people, more minds are better than one. So those are some tips that I think would be really, really powerful. I mean, on top of like, I, I feel like I don't really have to go into the cleanliness stuff. I, I feel like the, the standards of cleanliness are going to be higher and that's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I already told the team that I'm like, look, we're going to have to create a cleaning schedule and rules, which we kind of had before, you know, before all we shut down because it was already asked. Um, but you know, buying a fog machine, which you guys can look it up fog machine. Like you fill it with this thing that kills like all viruses and whatnot, like every night spraying it down with that. Um, you know, showing people that you're doing that, having tons of cleaning stations, but having a, a actual system, like, Hey, the, even the, you know, the, the members wipe down stuff and then you guys wipe down stuff. So man, making sure that there's a five to 10 minute, break between classes just so you can clean stuff. I'm, oh, actually, that's one thing I did forget. Like making sure that your schedule has five to 10 minutes where stuff can be cleaned after the people that used it, you know, even if it's the members themselves. But like that's logistically, you can't go from one class right into the next one without cleaning because that's going to make people feel uncomfortable. Um, and then you're just not sticking up to the protocol. So, you know, when you're building that schedule, these are the things that you have to think about, right? How do you fit everybody in, but with less people now? How do you have that gap in between to make sure you're cleaning? How are you cleaning? What are you cleaning it with? Right? Like that's honestly like that's a two to three hour sit down for you, you know, in a in a quiet space. I don't know, put some noise canceling headphones on and go to work and reimagine it. And then kind of, you know, as you as you get it down, then just just tweak it as you go along. And like I said, bring the team on board to to uh, to help you out so that you all together can make a plan. Thorough. I think that, that that's, dude, I, you know, a lot of it's practical, but, you know, the feedback we're getting when Luca drops stuff like this is really great. So hopefully you guys can leverage that and then actually apply it. One thing I wanted to stress that, and we talk about it all the time, and I just want to stress, if you, if you listen to what we're saying, it's planning, strategizing, and then hard work. You know, a lot of people reach out. How do we grow our Instagram to what Luke has done? How do we build a YouTube to what Luke has done? Well, if you rewind 10 years when he started doing that shit, then sure, go ahead. It's an eight to 10 year process. And if you're not willing to do it for that long, there's a problem with that. And then here's the other flip side of it. If you pay for people to follow you, which a lot of people do, guess what happens to those followers once you stop paying to, to juice up your followers? It drops a lot. Right, I've seen this before. I'm not going to call anybody out, obviously, but all of a sudden somebody's got seventy thousand followers, and then you look at their the the response rate on their interaction, and so they make a post on Instagram. And there's like three likes and no comments, but they have 
100,000 followers, then you obviously know that those aren't real followers. It's just an ego play. So guys, like this is going to take hard work. You making sure that your gym's up to code cleanliness-wise and having a strategy in play. Like we just gave you the strategy. Now you have to put the work in. And I think that's the part where I think, you know, I don't know, you can, you can back me up on this, Luke. I'm not saying everyone, but it seems like a lot of people are just looking for the easy button rather than putting their head down and doing the work required to build a, a legitimate business that will produce over a lot of years, which is what Luke and I both have done. So, you know, I just want to stress that to you guys. Like there's no shortcut here. There's, there's rarely a shortcut. And if it is, you know, obviously take it. That's called smart work, but don't constantly look for the easy button or the shortcut or do things half-assed because you're just, you're not going to get the results that a guy like Luca has gotten over the years of consistently posting on Instagram to, you know, one to three to four times a day, interacting, going to events, studying. Like it takes time to become a true expert. And if you look at, you know, you know, if you look at social media right now, I don't know if this bothers you guys or not, but it seems like everybody's an expert on everything lately. And what's crazy to me is you have people calling themselves experts, behaving like experts that aren't experts, which is kind of an interesting time to be alive. I know this is a complete, like, I just took a right turn off this conversation. It happens. Uh, but I think that, guys, there's no, there's no shortcut to, be, to, to being great. And I'm sure Luca has some insight on this. Maybe we'll just end on this question because there was a question that was similar. Like, you know, how do I build my social media following? We're not going to touch on that per se, but it was like, how, you know, how do I become an influencer in the, in the industry, AKA, like, how do I, how do I get where you guys are or specifically where Luca has positioned himself in the industry? And man, the short answer is like, you got to put a shit ton of work in over a lot of years and be consistent. Even when things aren't working for you, and life seems to want to kick you when you're down. It, it, that, that's really what it takes. It's like, man, if we had to map out what Luke and I have done since we met each other, it's kind of insane. Luke, we think about it. We meet in Louisville and we're part of a mastermind. We won't name names, but we're part of a mastermind. And then we decide that we want to do our own thing. And then said mastermind uh, guys that were running it said that we couldn't do our own thing. <laughs> And then we decide, you know, we're building our own gyms and then we, you know, go to Luke and I used to go to every event, every single one. And just think about all the relationships and the moves and the things that we had to make over those years. And when somebody asks a question like that, it's almost impossible. It's almost like asking Michael Jordan, like, Hey, how did you become, no, I'm not comparing us to Michael Jordan. I'm not saying that, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, asking how'd you do, it? How'd you do it? Yeah. Luca will, but I'm saying like, I'm not going to make that comparison, but it would be like asking somebody like that, man, how, how do you become the best basketball player in the world? Go to LeBron. Yeah, like or, or like, anybody that, like that one sentence, it. one sentence answer. Um, yeah, no, no, that's a great point, man. Like, I, but I do want to, I, I do want to add some stuff here because, you know, I, what I see, okay, a couple of things you said, you know, the shortcuts, I think, you know, I think that there's like when you're on this long journey, this forever journey of, of building your career and your life and everything else around it. Uh, I think that number one, you got to fall in love with the journey. We've said that so many times you got to fall in love with the process. It's like Kobe said, right? The, everybody thinks the dream is the championship. You know, it's the, it's holding the trophy. It's the money on your bank account and it's everything else. Um, and it, it's those to me are markers, right? Those, those to me are, are the effects of you doing the work so that those are the 
things that are like, hey, you're on the right track. But like Kobe said, the dream is actually the work. The dream is actually the process. And once you grasp that, it can really change your life and your career. And, um, and I know, you know, it's, it's, it's like Stephen Pressfield talks about in Turning Pro and, you know, The War of Art, like which everybody should read, um, you know, and, and do the work, which are three great Stephen Pressfield reads. But you got to fall in love with the process. Now, sometimes like, you know, like, for instance, hiring a coach shortcut like uh you know if you've ever heard of this like there's two types of uh i would say uh lessons there's expensive lessons and inexpensive lessons right expensive lessons are the ones that we have to learn ourselves right you fuck up and it's expensive because it's it's painful you either lose money time reputation uh you know take a step back whatever else right inexpensive lessons are lessons you learn from others from your mentors, from your peers, your coaches, from people that have wisdom that have been there, done that, still doing it. Uh, and they're a lot, in it, a lot more uh, inexpensive because once again, you listen to somebody and then you didn't do the mistake. So try to, listen, there's going to be ex expensive lessons throughout life period, but you want to minimize them and have as many inexpensive lessons from whether it's listening to this podcast or like, like pe why people hire us is to be able to jump ahead. Now, that doesn't mean that there's some magical, like, you know, hey, we give you one, one tip and you're a millionaire. That's not how it works. Like, you're going to have to do the work. You're going to have to go through the process. But like I said, you learn a lot of inexpensive lessons. And then those people tend to, you know, move faster, not make the same mistakes, you know, and, and have some, you know, if you want to call them, quote unquote, shortcuts. But there is no, like, big shortcut that just gets you from here to there. You know, I mean, that's, that's just the reality of it. And, you know, on, on, on social media front, one of the things that I'd encourage people is, you know, there's different ways to be able to create content. You know, one, one like for instance, in, in an industry, uh, you, you know, you know of people that have been innovators, you know, innovators like when, I mean, I'd say Cressy's an innovator in, you know, when it comes to baseball performance, you know, FRC really innovated when it comes to mobility training, right? True mobility training, understanding of that. Um, you know, whether it was who like Ray Cook when it was the FMS, right? Innovator, right? And what I'm seeing too much of is people that are very young, like in the industry, just starting off and they're trying to innovate, right? And that's a difficult thing to do because you don't even have, you know, like you haven't even become a good cook yet, right? Like the cook and chef analogy, right? When you're at the beginning, you want to be a cook, Now, cooks studies cookbooks. They study other chefs and they follow the cookbook. So if you know, I don't know, if you're training a baseball player, well, man, like study everything that Eric's ever done um, and become great at being, you know, cooking his, from his cookbook, right? That's going to make you really, really good. And honestly, that's going to help you get results and people are going to come to you and whatnot, right? Then after years and years and years of that, like you might have a bunch of insights and then start seeing how to do things different and better and then maybe you can innovate, right? Um, but too many people are trying to innovate from the get-go. And that don't, like, please don't get me wrong. Like, the, to me, if that, that, like, that's me saying, like, holding you back or whatnot. But the point of it is, is that, like, first you got to, you know, it's like what they say, like, understand the rules, master the rules, then break the rules. That's how it goes. You know, like, when you don't know what you don't know, it's very difficult to, like, innovate. And, and where the, there's other things that you can be, which I think are a lot more, um, I would say conducive to when you're kind of like in, you know, in the early stage of the industry, which is 
that you can be a translator or a curator. You know, it was like you take people's information and you curate it and translate it in a way that's very understandable to your audience, right? You're the, you're the seeker of knowledge, you know, um, like you're going out there and learning from the best and then you're that, the, kind of dissecting it and communicating it in, this, in your own way through your own journey and in an in a entertaining way too, right? Because that's, that's the third one is like to be entertaining, meaning you're, you're, you're teaching people, but you're, you know, it's infotainment, which I think everybody should really be doing. But, you know, that's where people get stuck. It's like, man, somebody's already said it. Sure, they have. But, like, you can say it in your way and present it in your, in your way. Um, be yourself. Be authentic. You know, as overplayed as that word is. Um, and it'll be more receptive than if you're trying to, from the get-go, sound, you know, smart and, like, innovating in this one area. And, and, and you know, and you've been in the industry for just a couple, two, three years. Uh, you know, I, I think that's not the best way to go. because that's where a lot of people also not I would say like lose respect, but it's almost like, Hey man, like be, be the person that's learning and demonstrating that you're constantly learning. People really respect that. And as you grow, then, like I said, your reputation grows and then maybe down the line you can innovate. Maybe you never, never have to. That's, that's the, you know, I always tell people, I mean, I, I think I've innovated when it comes to the gym business, but what I've, you know, uh, I, I've, spend my life learning from the best of the best on the planet, like, and then putting the puzzle pieces together. I think that that's my gift is being able to take stuff from nutrition, training, mindset, neurology, behavior change, environmental sciences, you know, program design, da, 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 you know, and then putting it all together in a puzzle piece that's, that's, that you can use in the real world. Like, but once again, it took me years to even be able to answer that question on a podcast and said, Hey, what, are, what is your you know, thing? Like, you know, what, are, what is your niche? <laughs> And, you know, I say my niche is putting the puzzle pieces together better than anybody. But once again, like, guess what I, what, you know, that wasn't two first two, three, four years, uh, or even five or even, t you know, 10 shit, but like definitely the first five, like all I was spending time doing. And even, even the five to 10 before I even entered the industry, I just spent time hours and hours a day studying, you know, the best in the world, whether it was like, Hey, how to get you know, more explosive and jump higher and all the stuff that I wanted for basketball, right? So just, you know, think about that because you're much better off at the beginning being this, you know, being a curious kind of um, curator, you know what I mean? And translator of this knowledge, right? Like of the, the stuff that's a little more geekier, but like you just translate it to your people in a way that's easily digestible, practical, they can use it and they'll get results from it. Okay, so hopefully that answers that. But I, and and I see where I, you, you guys see where I'm coming from, because um, I, I I see a lot of like the, hey, like I'm just started, but like I created, you know, <laughs> I created some new shit that nobody's ever seen. And it's like okay, that's that's not gonna, you know, <laughs> that, and you know, look look test stuff out, be innovative, right? Test shit out. Like that's fine. Like man, like you should be doing that. But once again, cook chef, cook chef, right? Keep that in mind. And uh, hopefully that will give you guys some uh, some insight and a little poke on on how to do stuff on social media and build your build your name. Well, guys, listen. The, let me just finish up here by saying nothing that we're saying here is ever meant to discourage anyone. We're trying to help everyone get clear on their path. I just had this conversation with one of my young bucks the other day, and it's like, man, like until you're clear on your own path and what you actually want to do and love to do, you won't be able to do that. Like you're not, if you don't love 
putting out content like somebody like Luca does, if you don't love putting yourself out there all the time and it's not something that you enjoy, what are the chances you do it long-term? And the same goes for, for owning a gym. A lot of personal trainers do not want to own a gym. Then don't. <laughs> it's simple. There's nothing wrong with being an independent contractor. There's nothing wrong with being an employee for someone if that's what you love to do. I think in society, we've gotten this idea that if you don't have that, you know, entrepreneurial mindset or, you know, hustle flow 24 seven, you know, it's just nonsense. So I'm going to leave you guys with this. Since this was Q and A, I'm going to leave you guys with a question. If you really sat down and I asked you this question, you had a pen, your journal and your pen right in front of you. And it's simple. What do you actually want? Now, most people be like, Oh, I know what I want. Well, do you really? And how often do you ask yourself the question and what you want? I ask myself that shit almost every day. What do I actually want? What do I want to create? I'm sure Luca does. Most high performers ask themselves the questions to help find answers to get where they want to go. And along the way, you may make some wrong decisions, but hopefully you guys find value in, in the podcast and the stuff that Luca and I put out there. Obviously you do or else you wouldn't be listening. So that's uh, we're going to wrap this one up, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, head on over to yogoyourgym.com. Sign up for the email list. You can get even more access to the stuff that we're doing. And, uh, you know, hopefully once this uh, quarantine nonsense is over, uh, Vigor Summit goes off without a hitch October 1st through the 3rd. We got our fingers crossed that everything's going to work out. But we'd love to see you guys there. And uh, it's going to be, uh, in, in my personal opinion, it'll be the best event we've ever put on. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a wonderful day. We'll catch you on episode number 31. We're out of here. Peace.